Thank you for listening to this programme from the Forever Manchester Radio and Podcast Network. Forever Manchester is a charity that raises money to fund and support community activity across Greater Manchester. Check out forevermanchester.com to find out more. For happy days. For amazing ways. For people who care. For people who dare. For great opportunities. For amazing communities. For a hand up, not a handout. For you. For me. For everybody. Forever Manchester. Let's do something extraordinary. Join the movement. ForeverManchester.com With me now is a young gentleman who recently got himself involved with Forever Manchester as a young ambassador. He's called Chris Ingram and he's come to tell us really about his life and his times and his experiences and I'm not sure if he currently is but he certainly was the World Junior Rally Champion. Is that right? European Junior Champion. European, not World. (laughs) Not yet, but um, working towards it, definitely. Chris Ingram, welcome. Thanks a lot, Terry. It's great to be here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Mate, let's take you back to the very, very beginning, right? Um, are you a greater Mancunian? I am, yeah. I'm a proud Mancunian, lived there all my life. Um, and yeah, I, I want to move into the city at the moment, but lived all around it. And uh, yeah, love the place. Where were you brought up? Uh, in Altrincham, and then lived in Stockport for a bit. Did you go to school there? What was your school called? Uh, I went to prim- Cheadle Hume. Cheadle Hume? Yeah. Secondary school? Yeah. What was your primary school called? The Bolling in Altrincham. Brilliant. Have you got any memories from your time at primary school? I remember for my birthday, Moonchester, the city mascot, came in. Right. (laughs) For your birthday? Yeah. What, did they arrange for it at school? My my dad arranged for it. Can you imagine that? Being an eight-year-old kid or whatever. It was mega. So Moonchester was the talk of the school? Yeah. We converted a lot of reds that day. The other thing I always want to ask my guests on on um, these chats, but I never get around to, mainly because conversation takes us often in another direction, yeah. But remember when you are at primary school and your teachers would say to you, or even your mum and dad might say to you, what do you want to be when you grow up? So let's take you back now to primary school days. What do you want to be when you grow up? Did you say a rally driver? Well, at first it was football always, until my dad took me to watch a rally when I was about eight, nine. And from that moment, I just fell in love with the sport and was obsessed with it. Anything else was just, just didn't care about anything else. Everything was about wanting to become a rally driver from that moment. Really? So if anyone had said to you, what do you want to be when you grow up, it was footballer? Yeah, until that, that day. But then it was rally driver. Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. when I went to experience it, you know, the sound of the cars in the forest, the, even the smells of the fuel, everything about it was incredible, and the atmosphere, it was, it was electric. Okay, so what about secondary school? I was a nightmare. I didn't do any work. <laughs> well, all my work either in, involved rallying in some way, or I didn't do it. Did you, did you go to school? Yeah. You didn't, didn't, like, skive off or out? No, I was... <sighs> I'm a bit of a, I come over as a bit of a dope, but academically I'm quite bright. Like, I didn't study for my GCSEs and I passed them all. Right. I did all right, really. And then <laughs> and out of school, did you get a job? Have you ever had a, a, a normal job? Yeah. A normal job? Of what have you done? I've worked in Costa Coffee. Yeah. Was that all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What were you, a barista? Apparently. No, I just used to smash up all the plates. and You'd have been better off in a Greek restaurant then, wouldn't you? Yeah. You know, they don't wash them though, they just smash them on the floor, <laughs> allegedly. So, you worked at Costa Coffee, have you done anything else? Any other experiences? Um, my dad used to be a builder, so I worked with him a bit. But to be honest, it sort of took off when I was very young, so I've been lucky to have just been able to chase that as my career. 
So chasing a dream, really, isn't it? Definitely, 100%. So go on, tell us about the first time that you got into... Obviously, you've seen the sport, so from a spectator's perspective, yeah, you've got these guys who jump in these cars and actually race them as fast as they possibly can through awkward t- terrain, awkward terrain. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not on circuits. Right. Like, uh, you know, like Lewis Hamilton rallying off-road through forests, mountains. In Europe, they even close public roads to yeah. do it, which is going to be happening here soon, so... It's a very varied sport, and that was the the big appeal to me. But I first got in a car when I was fourteen, right? And my dad, you know, taught me how to use the clutch and stuff like that. And then when I was fifteen, I actually entered a junior championship for one liter cars, which I was really lucky to be able to do, uh, and just turned out to be talented at it and smashed it straight away. To be honest, <laughs> when you say smashed, you mean you won it? Yeah, you actually won it, and it was your first like competition. Yeah, exactly. So at first, it was just my dad, you know because he used to drive as well and he did it for fun so at first for me it was it was a fun it was a a dad and lad thing I was very lucky to do it then we quickly saw that I had a really good ability and I wanted to you know to focus on it and really like you said chase the dream and take it much further so listen you enter this thing for one litre cars you win it yeah that's only like throwing petrol on the fire of your ambition isn't it because suddenly you're thinking oh my god I've got half a chance of doing quite well at this yeah exactly so what happens next well the problem with motorsport is it's such an expensive game and now it's all about you know a lot of the drivers they've just got rich dads and that's the fact that that's why that's the sad fact really and we um my dad supported me as much as he could financially and then you know we got to a certain level it was just impossible to carry on it wasn't fair on my parents either to have to support me that much so i went out and worked hard and and tried to sort of sell my dream to sponsors and try and get companies to back me and uh, i had quite a lot of luck doing that because people saw uh, my potential and then the next big thing was a car manufacturer persia uk actually picked me up and said don't worry chris we've seen you drive and we believe in you we're gonna fund you for a season what an experience i was i was 19 years old so probably the youngest professional british rally driver ever to, to do it at that age right so i'm beginning to try and work out and it, it seems like a, a bit of a com- complication this right but you've got loads of guys who want to race cars, rally cars, funded by quite wealthy parents. Yeah. And at some point, that has to stop. Yeah. Then there's a transformation between the actual teams. So now you're into the brands, you're into the advertising, you're into the marketing. And that all seems to, the teams all seem to have that pretty much. So yeah. Up. So how does a driver, and you might not even be able to answer this question because I think you might be part of stuck in the dilemma I'm going to... How does a driver transform from being just self-funded or i.e. propped up by bank of mum and dad yeah make that journey into representative of a team well the sport's made up by the real talents the best drivers in the world that get the chance early on to drive with a manufacturer some countries their motorsport federations actually fund these drivers because the sport's so big in their countries and then the rest of it is literally guys that that's parents are multi-millionaires even billionaires and they might not have much talent but because they have so much money they drive so often and they become good anyway i don't want to sound bitter saying that but that's the truth of it and um like my mum and dad we're not a wealthy family whatsoever but my dad put everything into helping me chase my dream 
and luckily I got picked up very early but many drivers just never get the opportunity so for me I had to place myself very carefully and not just be a good driver but you know try and be a good ambassador right and, you know good PR for companies as well mm-hmm. so it's part of a big package right. to make it to that next level it's not just about being a talented rally driver no but you've still got this dilemma haven't yeah. you where you've got to like shop around for as many supporters and yeah. sponsors as you could possibly get yeah and it's almost impossible versus the team analogy where it could be opal or it could be renault or it could be and that doesn't have any worries that's just a drive and everything's taken care of but there's so few of them right because these car manufacturers they use rallying because rally cars look like normal cars whereas formula one you know doesn't look like a normal car does it it's a rocket on wheels rally cars look like normal cars so it's a great marketing platform for manufacturers like volkswagen and ford uh, skoda etc because they can show how cool their cars are in the world rally championship so they want the best drivers but there's only very limited spots in the world championship to get into one of these seats it's not like football where you know there's thousands of professionals there's literally only 15 so now it is a bit so now it is sounding a little bit to me like formula one so you've got 22 cars and 150 drivers want to drive those 22 cars yeah yeah you've got so many manufacturers who are active on the rally of the world rally circuit and you've got an unlimited number of wannabe drivers to occupy those seats yeah so how do you go from or do you do it simultaneously go from selling yourself and your sponsorship potential to selling yourself and your potential to a team (sighs) is that a difficult question it's yeah it's you know it's incredibly difficult for me because i'm so young and rallying is all about experience the top drivers in the world are between 30 35 and i'm 24 so the biggest thing against me at the moment is the experience of of knowing all these different terrains and rallies Uh, even though I've got the speed I think I'm a good package in terms of commercial acumen but the experience is massively against me so at the moment I'm trying to raise the funding to to do the championship even if it's through 100% 100% sponsorship and no manufacturer support and then I can gain the experience and then hopefully that'll be enough to secure a full-time drive right okay yeah so and you have to do all of this you have to do all of this self-management and self-promotion and yeah set up meetings and you have to do all this yourself yeah right. so you can imagine how difficult it is when I'm trying to raise half a million really to do the world championship wow. next year I'm 24 I've got very few contacts i need to focus on my fitness and my driving as the number one thing but the management side of it actually takes up way more time but being the european junior rally champion must be a calling card yeah it must be you must be able to use that to knock on the door of the big boys or do you not want to be with the big boys do you want to be your own team nah I... is that a bit <laughs> is that a bit off the radar that? um I don't know. I'm asking. Yeah, it's a good questions. point. It could. I'd like someone else to do to do all the hard work of the the team stuff. And at the moment, I sort of I, I work with a German team, so I do get involved in a lot of the the technical things. And who are the German? What are the what are the German? They're called they called Talk Sport, right? And they've uh, been incredibly helpful and invested a hell of a lot in me as well. In the future, I want to be the only way to be you know to become world champion is to have a a top team behind you with Toxport they are an amazing team and hopefully I will do the next couple of years with them but to become world champion you need to be of a WRC team which is your likes of Volkswagen Ford 
Skoda. Okay, so explain the difference between Toc uh, then and Ford and Skoda. Are, are they they're like, they're are a they manufacturer, a... so they've got endless budget. Right, are they in like a, a league below? Yeah, we're sort of, European Championship is, is sort of your Champions League and the World Championship is your World Cup, so we're slightly a league below. But you've won the Champions League? Yeah. And now you're setting your sights on the World Cup? Yeah, exactly. Right, and is the World Cup or the World Circuit where all the money is is that where yeah. all the success is is that where all the recognition is 100% yeah that's why I feel like I've achieved a lot but no one knows about it you know all all the drivers I'm competing against in their own countries they're stars because the sport's so big there right. you know football's so big here motorsport doesn't get much of the limelight but I feel in the world championship everyone remembers Colin McRae so I want to follow in his, his footsteps and bring that sport back to the forefront that would be the big dream so there's a big challenge there isn't there yeah but I'm ready for it. <laughs> so the driving, right, so we, it's almost like we've taken the conversation down, almost putting the driving aside. Yeah, that's and, what it's like, sadly. Yeah, and it's, and, you know, a lot of it's focus and business planning yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and selling yourself and, and all of this. Let's just forget motorsport, i.e. forward slash rallying for a second. Yeah. If you were a young person in Greater Manchester right now and you've got an ambition to be at the very, very top of whatever it is that you decide that you you'd like to build your dreams on what advice would you give to a young person right now that's got a dream sounds cliche doesn't it but just work your ass off every single day make it happen and believe in yourself that's the only thing I've done. And never give up? Even saying never giving up, you should never even think about that. Shouldn't be even on the radar? No, I shouldn't. Listen, it's been a pleasure to chat to you. Thank you. You have just recently agreued to become ambassador for Forever Manchester. Yeah, it's, it's an honour. to you? It's an honour to be a part of it because, you know, I've seen all the amazing stuff you do and I, it's pretty special to me, so thank you for having me on board. Oh, thank you for coming to chat to us. Thank you for being one of our ambassadors. You sent us a film, haven't you? It's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if you get a chance to go to forevermanchester.com and check out Chris's film, Chris Ingram. Uh, driving and it was quite quite strange because we were just having a laugh weren't we before because part one of the scenes in this a deer runs out in front of you and you, you're hurtling towards it yeah yeah unbelievable I, we were doing about 80 mile an hour but the, the deer just jumps over us and we've know. arrived at the conclusion that the deer's actually faster than the car yeah it gives us a cheeky wink and runs off Chris Ingram it's been lovely to talk to you thank you we are forever Manchester we are forever Manchester we are forever Manchester we are forever Manchester We're a charity with a clear purpose. A charity with a clear purpose. Forever Manchester. We fund and support community activity across Greater Manchester with donations raised from individuals, families and businesses. Individuals, families and businesses. We are Forever Manchester. We believe that everyone should have the opportunity to be happy. And we believe our communities have unlimited potential and boast thousands of talented individuals who know what they want and how to go about it. Helping to build happy, stronger, thriving communities. Happy, stronger, thriving communities. We are forever we Manchester. We are forever Manchester. We don't label people as disadvantaged or define them by problems and needs. We focus on what's strong, not what's wrong. We focus on what's strong, not what's wrong. We provide a hand up, a hand up, not a handout, and we aim to strengthen communities and enrich local life by inspiring local people to do extraordinary things together. 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 We are Forever Manchester, and this is charity, the Mancunian way. The Mancunian way. The Mancunian way. The Mancunian way. The Mancunian way.